0: Welcome to the American Association of Critical Care Nurses Leadership Podcast, exploring leadership in nursing through inspiring conversations. Today's episode is sponsored by AACN Certification, offering professional nursing certifications in over a dozen specialties and subspecialties, with information available at aacn.org forward slash credentials. Now here's your host, AACN's Chief Clinical Officer, Connie Barton. Hi there, this is Connie Barden, and I'm delighted today to get to have a chat with Megan Brunson. Megan is the Nursing Night Shift Supervisor at Medical City Heart Hospital in Dallas, Texas. She also happens to be immediate past president of AACN, the American Association of Critical Care Nurses, and I am just thrilled, Megan, that you carved out some time to chat with me today. On Hi, the topic. Connie. Hi, good to see you, my friend. Um, On the topic of leadership, something you know a lot about and have had a very interesting journey, so I can't wait to talk to you a bit about leadership.
1: Well, thanks for talking to me. Um, We're always on the journey (laughs) of leadership, so I think it's a a wonderful topic to to take on.
0: Super. Well, you know, uh, you've had an interesting uh, and in some ways sort of a non-traditional journey to leadership, and I think we actually entitled this discussion today, It's Not About the Title, So thinking about that, uh, let's start with um, what are some ways that you see nurses actually leading when they may not have an official title? They might not be the nurse manager or director or something, but we certainly see nurses doing a lot of leading in their day-to-day work. Any thoughts about that?
1: You know, this past year, actually, there's a whole wonderful, great um, set of examples where nurses just have been marching into the unknown in many, many ways, and that is, that's leading. I also would say, you know, just being so proactive when they take action to resolve an issue, um, whether it be a safety concern or a barrier to care and not looking the other way, maybe not immediately, but maybe, you know, seeing it through through the long haul, you know, just sometimes volunteering, whether it be on a task force or through their chapter, um, like ACN has chapters, helping on a hospital, even short-term kind of project, and letting nurses shine. I think that to me is one of my favorite things, letting your peers shine, mentoring others, educating others. You may not need to be an educator, but you're teaching someone in a quick moment about something that you have learned from and sharing your experience. So, there's a lot of various ways that people can lead.
0: Very interesting. I love what you said. Um, and and we're recording this at the time when COVID is still going on. It's been going on for a year. We're in uh, March, 2021. Um, so I think that's important just, just for that context. And certainly you have seen it. You've been in the middle of right. COVID yourself in your, in your clinical work. Did any, certain examples come to mind that that you can think of it was either you or some of your colleagues really that with that leading marching into the unknown?
1: Right. You know, I think sometimes especially when it relates to COVID, that nurses have been so innovative and talking to each other about some, you know, innovative ways um, when they have been in situations that they haven't been in before. And so coming together in a huddle and saying, how are we going to solve out this problem, whether it be an influx of patients, um, whether it be saying, oh my gosh, we have a safety concern, we have too many, you know, patients and not enough nurses, how can we divide and conquer? Um, In my particular hospital, we actually, Um, use the psychiatric hospital that's next to us to bring forth some nurses and even psychiatric techs to help us talk to families, um, support patients, because they weren't having the population influx that we were. And that was a very innovative approach and took a lot of leadership because that was something we had never done before.
0: I would imagine, too, that in that instance, especially of a disaster as we had to tackle the pandemic... You didn't have time to wait around for the formal leaders, the ones with titles to come in and figure things out for you,
1: right? Right. Nurses had
0: to do a lot of that.
1: Like in this particular example, we are so close to the psychiatric hospital and we knew that they were there. We knew that their census was a little low and it was just the action of a nurse saying, hey, who not better to go to than people that deal with families and patients that are in crisis all the time um, that need that extra emotional support in that unknown. And we just picked up the phone and they were there at the ready. So it was leadership for sure. And innovation is part of leadership.
0: That kind of leads me to what I was thinking. I'm hearing already, it sounds a little more academic, but if you had to think of what some key attributes are that helps a person be a good leader, I'm hearing certainly about innovation. I hear about stepping into action. Is there anything else that comes to mind when you think about some attributes that make sort of position someone to be a good leader or to lead?
1: Well, I have some key attributes that I think people think of when they think of leaders, and then I'll go ahead and tell you some that have worked for me. <laughs> but um, I think being a good communicator, a good listener is part of that, but having curiosity and having the know-how to ask why, being calm and an advocate at the same time. But some of the things that I think that have worked best for me in the leadership roles that I have is really number one for me is being conscientious and what i mean by that is is being very aware of The people around you and what's important to them. Everything runs the gamut from remembering that a certain nurse likes Diet Mountain Dew to knowing that she might need off on a Thursday because her son has swim practice and that's really important to her. Or perhaps readjusting your schedule because a nurse who's pregnant can't work a 12 hour shift anymore. And how can you bring everyone together so she can maybe do a four or an eight hour shift, maintain working, um, but not have that burden on her? her own physical self. And being conscientious that it's not just about clocking in and out, that there's a whole other um, world that nurses bring to the to their work. And that's an important part of them bringing the best self. And the other thing I would say for me personally is just being okay with not knowing everything. I will say that it's been a struggle for me um, many times. I feel like I have to not necessarily compete, but I want to be at the same caliber as others, but I've had to learn that it's okay to not have to know everything and to be okay with saying that you don't know. And the last thing I would probably say is just be visible, be dependable. I don't want a nurse to ever think that I didn't follow up on something that was important to them and not let anything slip through the cracks, just because it may not be a priority to me, but it might be a priority to them. And it's important to be dependable and follow up with them on whatever it might be.
0: Yeah, everything you're saying makes me just want to come and work wherever it is that you're leading the <laughs> union. I, I just want to come be there. And mostly because I know that you'll remember that both you and I are fans of Diet Mountain Dew and we would get along quite well. <laughs>
1: like I know. The third floor on my hospital has a great vending machine with Diet Mountain Dew stock. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: you talked about yourself. I love this because, you know, we're professional colleagues and I happen to know that you've, you've had quite a journey and early in your career, you had some setbacks or some adversity. Is there anything you want to share about that, sort of the ups and downs of your early years around that?
1: Right. Um, Yeah, Connie, you know my story, Um, but to make a quick abridged version of it, I was uh, kicked out of nursing school my senior year. It was... You know, some people call it an ordeal. I actually call it a crucible. (laughs) I think it sounds a little bit more of a trial or a severe test than just something that kind of happened to me. And that's sort of a way to say that, you know, you went through something and it changed the course of how you go forward in your career or in your profession. And it really did for me. Um, And the reason why is because it really allowed me to... Have this sort of mantra that I'm never going to give up, always will, you know, know what I want and understand that there's barriers and be okay with that, whether it be, you know, failure or whether it be trying a different way it really also the secondary thing with that is it really um, made me realize how much support nurses need because at the time that I was kicked out of nursing school and I was told that I could not be a nurse it's when I needed the most support to be a nurse and there's various ways that nurses need support but for me I that has also driven me to give more back to the profession I love taking care of patients and I could talk patient stories all day long, but I really love supporting and helping nurses. And that comes from, you know, that crucible. It really does.
0: Yeah. Sort of like trial by fire, huh? Mm-hmm. And and now that I'm listening to you again, you're right. I have heard that story before, but your theme actually when you were president of AACN was unstoppable.
1: Correct. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I wonder if the crucible experience and others sort of, fed into that, your selection of that as a theme.
1: It definitely did. Um, And I would say it wasn't only my only quote unquote crucible. Um, I failed my CCRN the first time that I took it. I was heartbroken. Um, It was painful for me, but I picked my feet up again and and took it a year later when I knew that I was actually uh, ready for it and had set back and really did self-reflection on why it was important to me and took the extra time. And I didn't get, you know, some jobs that I wanted to right away. I didn't get a charge nurse role that I applied for. I went back to school for one role and ended up not getting that role and still remain at the bedside. So there's been a lot of things, not just that, that really have been a testament to um, how I look at leadership and how I look at my journey in nursing and others too.
0: Yeah, I had forgotten about that CCRN thing. You know, you're, you're really a testament to how one chooses to respond to circumstances. I wonder if that has something to do with being a really keen leader like you are. Is You know, the circumstances can dictate you or you can manage the circumstances. It's kind of what you're saying.
1: And I think that also just why I know that nurses need support and part of leadership is giving them that support because, you know, life happens, things happen, and they still have a great amount that they can contribute to the profession. And so I don't want them to turn away from what they truly want.
0: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And you know, one thing I don't know is what was your first leadership role? What would you consider as the first one that you saw yourself officially as a leader?
1: It's funny. um, I was on a PCU floor. Um, It was a very large unit. They had about 60 patients, 30 uh, patients were led by a team leader, um, and the other 30 by another team leader, and then a charge nurse over all 60. One day I came into work and someone had called out sick. And I was asked if I could be a team leader. And I had no idea what that meant. I was kind of taken aback that I was asked to be honest, because I was probably about two years being a nurse, so I didn't feel like I was ready. But I live by that sort of thinking that you never turn down an opportunity. So I said, okay, what's the worst that can happen? I have other people around me that are Equally as skilled as I am, we can figure this out together. And so being a team leader on a PCU floor was my very first role. But what was funny about it was, is that when I actually switched to another hospital and I had worked there for several years, my second opportunity to lead, other than outside my AACN world, was kind of the exact same situation. Someone had called out sick and they asked me to take on uh, being a charge nurse (laughs) um, in a CVICU. And I just went, went at it with the same kind of attitude. Don't turn down an opportunity. I have, you know, 10 amazing nurses around me. We can screw a light bulb in together and we can figure this out. So it was something that wasn't expected in both situations, but ended up, you know, being the best thing for me. I didn't have to think about it too much.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. You know what? We hear that a lot in nursing, it seems to me. So I've thought a lot about do most people sort of, decide from the beginning, I want to be a leader and I'm going to do this. I'm going to go to school here, get this certificate and so forth. Or does it just sort of organically happen? And I think what you're describing is more of the latter, sort of like you're in the right place, you're in the right spot and someone sees something in you that says, you know, you could be a leader, even if you haven't seen it in yourself. Right. Um, Like, would you recommend to people, like, should you more formally get ready for leadership or... Sounds like it's pretty effective to let it be organic and you you seize the opportunities.
1: Right. My um my experience has been that in almost every single thing that I was thinking I was gonna go one direction and then something else took something or something else took me another. And I think sometimes those are the best surprises because if you think about something too long, you work um in a certain focus in a certain direction, um, mm. then I think sometimes you put blinders on to other possibilities and opportunities. There definitely is a place for people who, you know, have a, a goal in mind in leadership or maybe it's a certain role and that's okay. But I think that don't at least put blinders on. Make sure that you're keeping your eyes open to other opportunities or people kind of giving you a nudge and saying, hey, you're kind of good at this. Don't pass that up. Think about it um, because somebody is seeing something in you.
0: Right. I think that's been my experience too. A lot of times it is because somebody taps you on the shoulder. Right. And then once you find yourself in that situation, of course we have to learn and study and develop and learn how to be good leaders. I think you said before, it's a journey, right?
1: Right. And, and mm. mentorship. I think that, you know, having somebody who mentors you, but also seeking out a mentor, it doesn't mm. have to be a formal mentor, but somebody that you really trust um, mm-hmm. and look up to can help you kind of navigate those waters a little bit.
0: Yeah, that's another whole conversation about mentors <laughs> and finding the best mentors and stuff. Yeah. You, you know what, I got to ask you, um, there's a lot of stuff that comes with being a leader. And sometimes it is just plain more work and you get put in oddball situations and so forth. So for you, what intrigues you about being a leader or leading or leadership? What What calls to you about it?
1: Well, I'm very proud to be a bedside nurse. And I just acknowledge over and over again that that's very, very important part of who I am. It's something that right now I'm not willing to turn away from. And I have been just... Wanting to give back to the nursing profession. And that's what intrigues me about leadership um, in such a big way outside the silos of my hospital. I mean, I do do a lot within my hospital, but outside the silos of my hospital and more contributions to the profession overall. And um, I wanted more and leadership allows me to do that. I think I've had the personal challenge multiple, multiple times where it has been, hey, you'd be really good for this management position, or you'd be really good in this quality leadership role as a title, but it never was a fit for me. And so leadership um, allows me to be able to do those things without the title. And sometimes, Mm -hmm. to be honest, Connie, it's a little bit selfish because I want that balance. You know, I, you know, don't necessarily want the Monday through Friday job. I don't necessarily mind working on weekends or working on a holiday. It's never bothered me, but I still have this urge to contribute to the profession. And so that's what intrigues me about leadership versus specifically looking at a role. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. So there's, all kinds of levels, unit-based or, or out in the community, which also leads me to, well, you didn't stop there. You applied and were elected to the ACM Board of Directors, and then eventually yeah. um, put your name in and were elected as president of AACN. So what right. got into you there? That's a lot of stuff outside <laughs> of your day job. How was that experience, and how did you decide to do all of that?
1: You know, I started out at the chapter level, as you know, AACN has, you know, over 230 some chapters and I started out at the chapter level and sort of got an itch to realize that um, I could connect with people outside my hospital, and that there was a place for me to make an impact there and in starting local within my community, but I love the connection that I had with people outside my hospital because I was learning so much. Oh, they're doing this here, or they're doing that there, or, ooh, we don't want to do that. Um, These are, you know, not necessarily great examples. They've learned from them. What can I learn from them? And then uh, it pushed me a little bit further to seek out a national role um, and put myself forward for the board of directors. Now, I will tell you, I tried three times, I think the third time is when I got on the board, but each time I applied, I learned something different, and whether it be the interview, um, whether it be as my own personal self assessment, what I needed to bring as a leader to be able to apply for those roles, and sometimes it was just me taking the the time to sit down and think how I could contribute on that like ten thousand foot you know view mm-hmm. and so then, after I did that, yeah, I was elected, and then that was like a whole nother you know that's a whole nother conversation about those three years, five years with presidency um and what I learned with that. The most important thing is that it allowed me to have that visioning that was so much bigger um, that I was really craving as a leader.
0: You know, what I'm hearing you say, it sounds like, and I never thought of it this way, leadership is about contributing and... At what level, to what extent can you make a contribution, make a difference is kind of what I hear you saying. and
1: Right. And uh, I think I had a unique piece to share that was a little bit different than, you know, perhaps others. And so to me, that was a place for me to focus. So Yeah.
0: If a nurse came to you in, in any role, but let's say a frontline nurse that you're working with one night shift and said, well, Megan, give me some advice. I think I want to be a leader. I think I might want to do something different or contribute more. What kind of advice would you give that person? Like, how do you know where to start?
1: You know, there's a couple things, and I would tell them some of the best. The best things that you can do for yourself is your own self-assessment. And we just never take the time to do that. Everybody's so busy. You have things coming up in your life. But to really take the time to do a self-assessment on, and, and that might be asking other people where you have your strengths or where you have your opportunities. The other thing I would tell is to watch other leaders I have learned so much by emulating the good that I see in other people. Mm -hmm. It reminds me back to um, a charge nurse that I'm still dear friends with, but she was my first charge nurse and her name is Terry. And every time I worked with her, I always knew she would do the right thing. Sometimes it was hard. It was not always, you know, easy for her to do the right thing, but it's something that it's a quality that I really respected in her and, you know, watching other leaders, you can learn a lot. The final thing I would say is probably is take care of people, don't take care of numbers mm-hmm. and for me, that people can be patients or it can be other nurses and Don't mm-hmm. look at the numbers, but really look at the people and what they need um, and that is a where you will find your place in leadership.
0: Wow, so when you got outside of your unit and even your organization, like in your healthcare organization and you got involved with your professional organization, there were even more people that you could learn from and and emulate and that kind of thing. Makes a lot of sense. Before we go to the dark side, because I want to ask you about some of the challenges and stuff of leadership (laughs) too, but like, if you had to describe your style, this is always a thing people talk about. So what, what's your leadership style? Any uh,
1: any, um,
0: descriptors that you would give to that? I
1: think there's actually like, official styles of leadership or whatever, but I don't even, I don't even know what they're called or what, (laughs) I mean, I'm sure there's some, some, some book somewhere, some article somewhere with styles of leadership. The most important thing for me is being present and um, recognizing um, the difficulties and, or the successes of the team that I'm working with. So whether that be uh, at in my hospital environment, or whether that be with AACN, is really understanding the place that they come from. And that's part of why me being a bedside nurse is really foundational to me being a leader, mm-hmm. um, because that helps me have a better connection to understanding the barriers and you know the successes that the nurses are having and the wins that nurses are having. I was just talking to someone the other day about, hey, we really have to write this down. We had like three awesome patients that we had really good wins with that, you know, everybody was all in and taking care of these patients. And um, we need to really, you know, bring, bring that forward and highlight that a little bit more. And I think to me as a leader, it's part of who I am to bring those successes forward and highlight them when perhaps in the melee of all the craziness and the chaos, others aren't seeing it. Um, So I'd probably say that that's my style. (laughs) <laughs> without the official, without the official like title of, you know, servant leader or transformative or whatever they
0: are. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Makes, <laughs> makes total sense. You know, it isn't easy. I think leaders often don't acknowledge that, but some days there's just nothing easy about being the leader. Um What are some of the challenges you're seeing now Uh, for leaders in general, for you personally, anything come to mind like that?
1: Yeah, I think right now there are so many opportunities for nurses and whether it be traveling, going back to school, different jobs that are popping up that turnover and consistency Mm -hmm. is really the biggest challenge that we're having I don't think it's unique to my hospital. I'm pretty sure that this is something that a lot of hospitals are facing. Every single nurse that comes I come into contact with is really amazing, um, but it is such a disruption to have such a high turnover mm-hmm. that you constantly are reframing the culture of the unit. You're constantly trying to develop trust with people and create those norms. In some aspects, it's wonderful because you get to see and meet so many people and all these different styles and people, you're so proud of them when they go and get accepted to school or they're, you know, excited because they have decided to move and go to Alaska and they're taking on, you know, some other role outside of, you know, maybe ICU, but within acute care care. But then another aspect, you're heartbroken, too, because you know that you've lost a nurse that has been part of your family. So that, to me, is is probably the hardest thing right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You want to be happy for them. You want to support them a lot of the times when they're going for good things. But it has an impact. Every single one that leaves. It's
1: a very polar feeling where you're happy and sad at the same time.
0: Yeah. yeah. There's a lot that leaders, besides the people part, there's a lot that leaders have to keep up with, too, like... How the heck can you stay up on issues? Um, mm-hmm. There's just so much change and challenges like that in healthcare. What are some of your tactics?
1: I'm a little biased, but I would say for everyone to join a professional organization, that would be the the first step and not necessarily one. I mean, I belong to three, you know, that really help me keep up to date, not only clinically, but there's wonderful content for, you know, burnout, for, you know, right. wellness. And those are some things that I would say that a, a professional organization could bring to you. I would also say attend conferences, join committees. Yeah. Um, those kinds of things are easy ways for you to keep up to date because you can see what other people are doing. Not only just, I mean, even in your hospital, what other departments are doing, you know, what's the other ICU doing across the way. And then I think for me. I, I'm a little bit of a social media junkie, you know, that, um, you know, take it for a grain of salt, but I love seeing nurses celebrated um, for various things that they're doing. And that's another way, you know, making sure that you're not doing it too much, if you will, but uh, to see what people are doing on social media, because it is another venue. Sure.
0: Absolutely. It's, it's yeah. the way it is. You've taught me a lot in terms of that and see how antiquated some of my ways were in terms of social <laughs> media. That's how people connect, man. Right. Um, so we're, we're coming up on time and I could really talk to you about this all afternoon, but they don't give us all afternoon. So is there anything else you just want to add in to be sure people think about as they're considering leadership?
1: To not be afraid because leadership, it really isn't about the title. So sometimes the title can scare you, um, if you choose to take on a role. And I think that that is secondary if not tertiary to what really is the core reason why you're there because you are there to bring the momentum to the staff and the people around you and you're there to celebrate and lift up and also to recognize the realities and there are so many you know job descriptions that don't have any of that in there but that's part of being a leader I also think that being true to what is foundationally important to you. Like I said, you know, bedside nursing is really important to me. I think that one of the most proudest moments that I had in my career is still that day that I took care of my very first assignment on my own with my very first patients. And that to me is something that I will never forget. And that's something that helps me as a leader stay foundational to what is important to me and the values that are important to me.
0: Wow. I love listening to you talk about this Megan, because you are one of the strongest leaders that I know. And I, (laughs) one of the most inspirational ones. And I think it is because you have such a unique view being to lift people up and to celebrate. And you talked about innovation. You talked about a shaper of the culture, being present, learning, um, and and I would say that is what makes you such a relatable leader, and I've I've seen it. And uh, I just want to thank you for all that you've done, including spending a little time talking with me today about this. I think people will um, just learn a lot. It's it's really a gift to talk to you. And and before we sign off, anything in the future for you? Anything we ought to watch for? Do you have your sights on anything, or are you just going to stay? organic and let it bubble up for you going forward?
1: Well, I'm staying at the bedside. I work night shift. You know that I have for 23 years. Um, I still am going to do that, but, and I actually have not said this to anybody. I applied to PhD school and I am waiting to hear back in this very moment if I'm going to start in the fall, but I will tell you, I'm still going to remain my unique self. I don't necessarily have a role in mind. I'm doing this on my own to better my self, be smarter, wherever my contribution is. I'm in no hurry to finish it. It's just um, a personal goal of mine. There well, you have
0: Megan it. Brunson <laughs> and probably one day to be Dr. Megan Brunson. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Thank we'll you. See. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us and uh, look forward to whenever we chat again. Yes. Thank you, Megan. Thanks,
1: thanks so much, Connie. Talk to you later. All right.
0: Thank you for listening to the American Association of Critical Care Nurses Leadership Podcast, proudly sponsored by AACN Certification, with information available at aacn.org forward slash credentials. We welcome your thoughts on this episode or ideas for future topics. Feel free to email us anytime at podcasts
1: at aacn.org.